thank you so much for this time, God. Thank you for every single person in this room, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing here in Shout Youth, God. Thank you for bringing each and every person here with us tonight. Father, I just, I just pray that you bless this time, God, that we get to spend together. Uh, thank you so much for being here, God. We, we recognize your presence. We welcome you. Holy Spirit, come and rest in this place, God. We exalt you. We love you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God, you're a good, good father. You're amazing, God. Come and, come and teach us what you want to hear tonight, God. Impart to us what you want, the kind of lifestyle that you want for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for your word, Lord, that we're able to freely read this out loud and, and, and learn about it, God. Thank you for this safe place here at Shout Youth, God. Bless this time, God. I pray for um, um, open hearts and open minds right now and concentration in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. A part of this, a part of what I was saying, this is a safe place, and I mean that. You guys can be yourselves here. I want you guys to feel welcome. Here's my three, I'm just going to say this, here's my three biggest prayers for when you guys walk through the door. This is the three big things I want you guys to experience when you guys walk through the door. I want you guys to experience belonging here. Being able to just come here and belong here, feel like you're accepted, feel like you're welcomed. I hope that you get a high five when you walk through the door. I hope that you experience truly feeling that you are belonging here when you come to Shout Youth. That's the first experience I want you to experience. The second thing I want you to experience, I want you to experience being yourself here, knowing this is a safe place to come exactly how you are. You don't have to act like anybody else. You just have to act like yourself. That's what I want for you guys. This is a safe place. We talk about any topic. We will talk about that here because this is a safe place. Nobody's going to laugh at each other. This is a safe place. We're all learning. We're growing together. And then the last thing that I want you guys to experience that I hope and pray that you experience is believing and experiencing God in a real way, in an authentic, genuine way. That's what I hope you encounter and can experience here at Shout Youth. That's what I want for you guys. I pray that you experience all three of those things every single time you walk through the doors. That you belong here. This is an awesome place for you. This is a safe place of freedom. You can be yourself. Come as you are. And you can come here and you can believe. You can belong. You can come here and learn about God and have a true, authentic encounter. Because how many of you guys know this is God's house? Come on. Amen, somebody. Come on. Thank you. Awesome. Tonight is the last night of What Does the Bible Say About Blank? It's been a really good series. How many people have enjoyed this series? Yeah? Yeah, come on. I've liked this series too. Guess what? I didn't come up with, I did not come up with what we were going to talk about. You guys did. And I thought that was so cool. We learned a bunch of good things. We learned a bunch of great things. How many of you guys enjoyed John Sparrow speaking last week? Yeah? That was awesome. John, if you weren't here, John talked about dating, relationships, he talked about marriage, and he talked about sex. It was great. It was awesome. I'm going to podcast that so you guys can listen to that, by the way. Shout Youth Podcast. We're on the podcast app. You can go on there and listen to some of our messages again if you want to rehear things, yeah? So tonight, we're going to talk about a certain topic, 
Tonight we're going to talk about what does the Bible say about same-sex attraction relationships. We're going to talk about that here. If that just blew your mind, that's okay. This is a safe place. Get used to it. This is okay. We can talk about anything here. Guess what? The Bible approaches this kind of a topic. The Bible talks about relationships. God knows that all these things are super important to us. So therefore, it's in here. Jesus taught about this stuff. So let's start at the very beginning, yeah? Let's find out what the Bible says about same-sex attraction, okay? Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. God is creating heaven and earth. He creates earth. He makes Adam, okay? He makes the first man ever. And out of Adam, he decides to make Eve. He makes a woman, a companion for Adam. So God's original intent for relationship is that a man be joined with a woman, not only for, not only for procreating reasons so that they can actually procreate and have, make babies, right, and continue and bear fruit, bear good fruit, produce good fruit like a tree. Not only that, but for them to be together, for them to be joined together as one. This is God's original intent in something called the Garden of Eden, okay? In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, living with God, they're experiencing God, absolutely perfect love. It's absolutely perfect. They're joined together with God, and everything is perfect. God creates love. The Bible says that God is love. Love is a free choice. It's Godly love is perfect. It's not forced. It's absolutely perfect. It's holy. The Bible says that God created love and that God's kind of love is unconditional. It doesn't have conditions. It is unconditional. It's outside of that. The Bible also says that God's love is self-sacrificial. We're going to talk about that. It's good. God created morals. He created a principle of right and wrongs, the distinction between right and wrongs. God created a list, a way for us to live, guidelines for us to live. He created morals. And then something happened, the fall of man. That looks like sin entering the world because Eve and Adam and Eve ate of, uh, of, uh, ate of the tree of knowledge Okay? And then sin entered the world. They all of a sudden realized they were naked. Sin entered the world. And so every single, th and just so you guys know, sin is anything that separates you from God. Okay? You guys clear on that? Sin enters the world, and all of God's perfect creation, all of God's perfect love, all of God's perfect morals were completely changed. They got wrecked. They got skewed. They got tainted. They were changed. They were altered. They were perverted. They were skewed. They were twisted. They were polluted. It got changed. And so for generations and generations, people lived according to their own rules because God gave us free will. Come on. God gave us free will. We're not robots, right? We can freely choose God, but we can also freely choose other things right? How many of you guys know that? We, could freely, we are free to choose. Nowhere does it say God is going to force us to love him. 
He's a father. He loves you, but he's not going to force you. He wants us to come to him. Right? So for generations, people lived and adopted their own ways of living. They adopted a society, a popularized society way of living. And that society way of living was, I got to get mine. This is all about me. I'm going to do me. And you know, whatever I feel like doing, whenever I want, kind of like a moral revolution, whatever I want to do, I'm going to do that. Because I feel like it, and it's, I'm gonna, I got to please this desire. And so that's exactly how people started living. They were living outside of what God originally intended for relationships, marriage, and sex. They were completely, people were living outside of that. Okay? You guys following me? Yes. In the Old Testament, there's a book called Leviticus. Everybody turn your neighbor and say Leviticus. When you hear the word Leviticus, which I'm pretty sure this is probably your first time hearing that word, Leviticus, think of a, the book of laws. Turn to your neighbor and say laws. Because that's what Leviticus is full of. It's full of laws. Godly morals and laws. This is Old Testament. This is everything before Christ's life. Following me? Yeah? So in Leviticus, there's a whole lot of, whole lot of laws in there. Okay? And there's a couple verses in there that talk specifically about same-sex attraction. They talk ex- specifically, and it says right in there, I don't, I'm not going to put them up, but I'm going to tell you, and if you want to look it up, I'll tell you where it is in Leviticus. You can look it up, and it says black and white. Man shall not lay with man. Woman shall not lay with woman. These are outside of what God originally created, of what he originally made for us to live. So that's all Old Testament stuff. But then at the perfect timing, Jesus comes to the earth and totally changes all of that. Jesus lives a perfect life. He fulfills every single prophecy in all of the Old Testament. He fulfills all those things. He demonstrates them. And then he gives himself on the cross. He demonstrates self-sacrificial love, perfect love. Jesus is perfect love. He demonstrates it. He exemplifies it. And sin is destroyed. Satan is destroyed. Jesus rises again. So there's a different way of living, and Jesus tells us all about that. There's a kingdom way of living. So there's an earthly way of living. Do whatever I want, when I want, right? I just got to take care of myself. Oh, I feel like doing this, therefore I'm just going to do it. But there's also a kingdom way of living. And a kingdom way of living looks... Totally different from an earthly way of living. It looks totally different from popular society. It goes against what popular society is. First of all, in kingdom living, it it tells us to love God and put nothing else ahead of him. So even if you love something more, we should not do that. We need to control ourselves. It talks a whole lot about self-control. That's a huge issue because we are animals. And so when we try to just please our desires, we can run wild. Right? The kingdom way of living is totally different. And so many people are trying to please certain things, and they're trying to say, God, or who, who am I? I'm trying to figure out who I am. And when they ask society that, society is going to give you a different skewed 
crazy way of answering that. And it's, let me tell you this, it's not God's original intent for you to live the way the earth tells you to live, the popularized way. Just because people are doing something, come on, doesn't mean that you should do that, yeah? Like if everybody was like jumping off a bridge, <laughs> probably not a good thing, right? Just because everybody's doing that doesn't mean you should go join that, yeah? Somebody follow me on that? Think of it like this. Josiah Webster told me this today, and it totally rocked my world. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share this with you guys. Think of it like this. When you get a car, every car has an owner manual, right? The owner manual says exactly how to take care of the car. Yeah, you guys follow me? It says what kind of oil to put in it. It says what kind of gas to put in it. And then that way, if you follow those directions, that way you will have maximum results from your car. It will run smoothly. It will be healthy. It will go on for a long time. The car will take care of you. It will get you from A to B, and it will be run great, right? There are guidelines on how to take care of the car, the owner's manual, right? But if you put in different oil, you put in tractor oil when you have a car, it's not going to run right. When you put in the wrong gas, it's not going to run right. When you don't take care of the tires, it's not going to drive right, it's not going to feel right, it's going to get bumpy. It's the exact same thing with God in the kingdom of God. It's the exact same way. If we put different things in ourselves that is not according to the owner manual, not according to God's original intent, we're not going to be running the same way. We're going to be running poorly. We're going to start to perform poorly. We're not going to be able to continue and go on. Does that work for anybody? Cars? Yeah? For the best performance, this is what the owner manual says to do. And I think the reason for society taking on their own ways and trying to please themselves is because we have free choice. And so then people choose to please themselves and not God before because it's just something that's really easy to do. It's really easy. Come on, guys. It's really easy to go home and say, I don't need to write, read my Bible tonight. I'm just going to go home and do whatever I feel like doing. It's free of choice. You have freedom of choice. And like I said earlier, wild desires, temptations, allowing different things to skew and mess up your mind. When you allow these things from society to enter into your mind, it's going to make your car not run right. Your car is going to run out of gas. And then what happens when you run out of gas? You can die. 1 Corinthians. Let me give you a couple of verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 10. I'm going to read this. Paul says to the Corinthians, by the way, Corinth, right? That's the Corinthians, the city of Corinth. Corinth was like, at these times, Corinth was like Amsterdam and Las Vegas turned upside down. It was like nuts. The place was crazy. There was all kinds of crazy things going on, all kinds of different ways of living, all kinds of the exact same thing that we're talking about, same-sex attraction was going on back then as it is going on now. Same style of thing was happening. So Paul is talking, Paul's talking to the Corinthians giving them advice. In verse 9, he says, 
Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do you not, uh, do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers, nor will, all, will inherit the kingdom of God. So is Paul saying, here's the list of all the people that are excluded from heaven? No, he's actually not saying that. Paul is explaining different characteristics of people that are not living for God. They're unbelievers, and they're living a different sinful lifestyle. He's not saying these people are excluded. Nobody is absolutely excluded. That is not real. Nobody is absolutely not excluded. That is not real at all. He's saying that if you continue in these ways, then you're, gonna, then you're not going to be able to inherit what the kingdom of God has. If you're living a different lifestyle, you're not going to be able to get everything in a Christian lifestyle. You're not going to be able to reach that because you're living outside of it. And God's not going to force us to live a Christian lifestyle. He's not going to force us into it. We won't have the benefit. We won't have the joy. We won't have peace. We won't have righteousness. We won't be able to experience what's in the kingdom of God if, we're, if we choose to live outside of it. If we choose to live immoral, then we have to deal with those consequences. This is real. We have to choose with what we live with. Romans 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 24. You guys hanging in there? Here we go. I'm just going to read the first little part. Now he's writing to the Roman church. And Paul says, there are people in all kinds of sinful desires, and he says, eventually God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for degrading their bodies to one another. So it says God gave them over. What does that look like? God gave them over? Did it mean that he just bailed on them? No. He didn't just bail on them. If we continue to choose society's ways, God's not going to force us to love him. There's a story in the Bible, there's a parable that Jesus says, it talks about the prodigal son. This is an awesome parable. It's one of my favorites. Just real quick, this is what it, this is what it looks like. Two sons, the young, a younger son goes up to his dad and he goes, Dad, I want my inheritance right now. I want all the money right now. And his dad goes, okay. Cashes out the bank, gives him his money. And he goes, okay, peace. I'm going to go party. And he goes out and he blows all the money on really terrible things. Okay? And then the older son is, meanwhile, back at the farm, still working, doing good. Everything is great. But that younger son, after completely blowing all the money completely, he realizes he's hungry, he's poor, he has no food, he's literally dying. So he goes and gets a job on a pig farm, and he's so hungry, he starts eating pig slop. He went from living in a perfectly nice house, having food provided for him with a, with a great dad, with a great brother, and he chose to leave and go out. And then he had to live with the consequences. He was eating basically pig, pig slop. That's what he got reduced down to. He's living in a pig pen. And he goes, this is terrible. I can't live like this. 
I'm going to go back home and just try to work for my dad. I got to work back, getting back to what I originally did. Oh, man, I got to work back into it. So he decides to go back home. I, you know, this is probably what he did. Hey, Dad, sorry. And is before, the Bible says before, this is in Luke, the book of Luke, before the son ever gets, even gets close to his dad, his dad knows that he's coming, and he's so excited. He gets a, he gets a giant old calf. They slaughter it. It's like a huge party, and he literally, the Bible says he throws a party for his son, welcomes him back, hugs him, the whole thing. It's amazing. And the son goes, wait, but I'm not qualified. Wait, what? Not me. Wait, what? You love me? And he goes, yes, you're my son. I love you. He welcomed him back with open arms. And that is a perfect example of how God handles us. He's our father. He loves us. He's so for us. But he's not going to force us to stay here. If we freely take ourselves out, then we're on our own. We're taking ourselves out. I'm freely stepping out of the inheritance. I'm freely stepping out of the kingdom of God and doing what society says. But guess what? You are never too far from God's reach. He absolutely loves you. And when you come back to him and you freely choose him through faith, he will bring you back with open arms. That's what the Bible says. He'll bring you back. Two more things. You guys all right? Two more things. I want to explain to you my first experience with same-sex attraction. My very first time I ever saw this in my life, because I didn't really know what it was. I was homeschooled. Come on, homeschooled, sheltered life. Here's my first time I ever saw anything like this. I was in youth group, okay? My youth group would go to farmer's markets. We would go to different events in San Luis, and we would go and pass out water bottles. And on the water bottle, we put our church logo on it, and we put a little verse on it, and we would go and pass out waters and little small Bibles to people. That was it. We'd go out to farmer's market. It was actually a blast. We had a great time doing this. So my youth pastor said, hey, there's an event this Saturday. Everybody, like, sign up. And I said, I'm going. This is, this is a blast. It's so much fun to go and hang out with my youth group, go and share God's love in the community, serve people, give people water. And so we showed up to this event in San Luis. There was this awesome parade going on. We're hanging out. I'm hanging out at the booth, and my youth pastor goes, go pass out waters. And I was like, sweet. This is what we do. Here you go. Here you go. I'm starting to pass out waters. And then I'm like, this, what's going on with this parade? <laughs> Something else going on here. It was a parade. It was a pride parade. And I had no idea what that was. I didn't understand, but I could kind of put one and one and one together. I could kind of understand who was attending and stuff like that. And I got approached by a guy who was in the parade, and he came up to me, and he goes, hey, you're from church, right? You're passing out, you're, there, there's the booth over there. He's like, yeah, you're from church, right? Yeah, you must be here to um, tell me that I'm going to hell, right? You must be here to hate, hate me, right? You hate me, don't you? He had already made his mind up. He knew it. He had already made his mind up about me, and I went like this. This is my response. No joke. This is my response. Um, no, I just want to give you some water. I just hope you have a great we have a great day and enjoy. God loves you. Here, just have some water. And he's all, wait, no, that's not, there's more to it. Wait, what? No, wait, do you know what your church believes? And I go, yeah, yeah, we, yeah I love you. I, I'm just here to serve you. I, I just love you. I, I, here's some water. And he's all, wait, you're just here. Wait, what? What are you doing? And I go, I'm just sharing God's love. And he goes, what does that look like? 
And I go, well, right now, it, God's love looks like a water bottle. <laughs> that's, that's it. I, I didn't know anything else outside of that. I just, that's all I knew how to, that's all I knew what to do. And he was like, wow, thank you. Okay. That was a different experience. And I was like, oh, my gosh. He had already made his mind up about me. He probably thought that I made my mind up about him. Not at all. I'm so thankful that my youth pastor did exactly the same, did exactly what he did. He didn't tell any of us what we were going to do. We just knew we were going to pass out water. Why? Because this is exactly how God wants us to respond to anybody who is dealing with any kind of sin in their life or any kind of addiction or any kind of outside moral, any issue, any impurity or any, anything. This is how God wants us to respond. With grace, with love. We're called to love people, you guys. We're not called to judge anybody. That's not our job. Not at all. My youth pastor gave me that free experience to be able to go and have no preconceived ideas or, no, or anything. I didn't, I, I didn't know anything. That was great because I had a perfect real view of just going, I just, I just love you. I don't, I don't really care. And that, honestly, for me, that never stopped. That is how I treat anybody and everybody. It doesn't matter what they're dealing with. And so if you're wondering, what's my responsibility as a Christian when I know what the Bible says about how it's wrong to be same-sex attracted, how it's outside of God's perfect love, it's outside of what he designed, what's my response to that? Your response is love. You're supposed to love them. You're supposed to serve them. Give them grace. Give them compassion. Be honest with them. Explain that God forgives and that God loves you. Don't ever judge anybody. Don't ever judge anybody. That's not our job at all. The Bible says judge not. It's not our job. Your job is to share God's love. Your job is to love people. Jesus came to earth. That's what he said. He said, love God, love people. Serve one another. Love each other like you love yourselves. That's what I'm sticking with. That's what I'm going to stick with forever. That's what the Bible says about this or any other sexual impurity or immoral thing, anything outside of God's original intent. That's what it says to handle it with. That's how we approach it. It's just like all the other kind of issues. We just approach it with love. We don't judge. Love wins. God wins. He loves everybody. God, here it is. Here's the finale. God loves every single person. He's always there. He's, a, he's an amazing God. He's got his arms wide open for you. He, he will love you right in your mess. He loved us before we loved him. He loved first. These are all verses. God so loved us that he sent his son to die for us. He sent his son to rescue the earth, not to condemn it. This is what your father did for you. This is what he did for every single person in this room and all mankind. He loved all of us. And when you freely get to approach him, you get to be a new creation. And all things in the past are gone. He doesn't even look at them at all. This is amazing. This is such great news. We should share this, right? This is something to share. This is how to act. Oh my gosh, serving people, you guys, is like one of the most amazing feelings I've ever experienced. Serving somebody and just 
loving on them, whether it's handing them a water bottle, serving them food, whatever it looks like, telling, sharing the love of God with them, telling them the gospel, the good news about Christ. This will get, this will get, a heart, this will get your heartbeat going. This will change the way you approach people when you find this out and you take this on and you own this. It's a, it's a joy to share God's love. It's a joy. It gets me excited. I pray that it gets you guys excited. This is great news. This is good news. We get to go and share this. Thank you, God, that you've called us to do this. Come on. God is for love. No matter who asks you, God is for love. He only works in love. God is love, and he has a perfect plan for love. He has the owner manual. He wants us to read it. He wants us to be in that. Ah, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what we just learned, God. We just learned that how much you love us, how much you love uh, everybody, God. The, the Bible says that Jesus is a friend of sinners, that Jesus hung out with those people. He associated with them. He loved on those people, and that's how we should live, too. We should go out and love people and serve one another, God. Love always wins. Your perfect love always wins. Thank you, God, that you've adopted us, that you love us, that you call us your children. Thank you, God. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for sending your son to die for us, God. Thank you that we have a owner manual to follow. Thank you that we have the, a right way to live that will keep us in your plans and keep us in your love and that you'll prosper us in that, God. Ah, thank you, Lord. I just pray you encourage every single person in here, God to go and share this good news and be aware of it. If they were not aware of it, and now they are, God, that this, this is how you look. This is how to respond to people when they ask questions. This is how to respond to people who are dealing with challenges and different things in their life. We just get to respond with love because you take care of everything else. You take care of all the weight. You've already paid for the sin. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. God, you're amazing. You're so huge. You're so awesome, God. You're an amazing Father. Thank you, Father, for loving us and choosing us. Thank you for loving us first, God. Thank you, Lord. Bless, bless this time, God. Thank you for every person in here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.